I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. Listen, I have to take good care of my doctors. If I take good care of my doctors, they will take good care of my patients. This is how it works. <laughs> Invest in your people and they will do everything they can to make sure that the customer and the patient are well taken care of. That's it's a mantra I've seen that I just can't not live by. What a great philosophy. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plan Strong podcast. The mission at Plan Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plan Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Hello, my Plan Strong pineapples. Rip Esselstyn here for another rocking episode of the Plan Strong podcast. You, you might be able to hear it in my voice, but I've got a little bit of a head cold that hit me over the weekend, and I'm getting over it, but man... I'd forgotten what it was like to have a cold or, or be sick. In fact, that's because I don't think I've been sick since March of 2014. So it's been a, a pretty good stretch that I've gone without so much as a cold. But this one kind of got me. Speaking of which, you know, it's, it's appropriate because I know that a lot of us, sometimes we want to see a physician that is up to date with lifestyle medicine and is mission aligned with you know all of our knowledge 
And sometimes it can be really frustrating going to our traditional doctors. And so we, as a team, we get asked all the time if we have resources and connections to plant-based physicians. And I love that you're all thinking this way. And I also know that it is incredibly hard to source and research these experts. That's why I am absolutely so thrilled to introduce you to a company called Plant-Based Telehealth and one of its founders, Dr. Lori Marbus. So a little bit about Plant-Based Telehealth. It makes lifestyle medicine available to everyone from the comfort of your own home, which after the last two years we've had, I'm sure comes as a relief to many of us. In fact, they are celebrating their second anniversary, and that's because they launched their service right at the beginning of the pandemic. Now, Dr. Lori Marbus is, she's a force. And today you're going to hear her journey through medical school with three kids in tow, no less, her service in the Air Force, and incredible stories of patient health transformations just by changing the food on their plate. Dr. Marbus and her team at Plant-Based Telehealth have amassed nine physicians over the last two years, including my friend, the wonderful Renaissance man, Dr. Michael Clapper, and they now service patients in all 50 states, and Dr. Marbus herself is licensed in not only all 50 states, but also D.C., I told you she's a force. Before we hop in, I want to share something else that is now available in all 50 states. Plant Strong Foods. If you haven't heard by now, our no added sodium broths and our four ready-to-eat chilies and stews are now available in all Whole Food Market stores and we're rapidly adding more retailers every week. Also available nationwide is our Plant Strong Pizza Crust Kits, our no-added-sugar, no-added-oil granolas, our Plant Strong Popcorn, and the ever-popular Rips Big Bowl cereals. You can order any of these delicious, nutritious, and convenient products online at plantstrongfoods.com. We're on a mission to help people eat strong food, just like my guest today. So let's get right to it. Please welcome... Dr. Lori Marbus. You're, you're now in Longmont, Colorado. I, is that right? I am. I'm just outside of Boulder. So my youngest just graduated college. That's number three. And wow. uh, you look like you should be in college. Uh, I'll pay you later. Thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, actually, my daughter is a physician, believe it or not. So I, I got, yeah, <laughs> time just kind of flies. <laughs> wow. Well, I want to know about your journey. So where did you grow up? What what got you inspired to go into medicine? And then why in the world would you do something as crazy as get into plant-based medicine? I also know that you were in, you know, the United States Air Force. It's been a, a really blessed life, but a very busy life. Um, but you know, it started, uh, I grew up in a family of minimal means. And my dad was a truck driver. My mom was a bookkeeper in New Mexico in the desert. <laughs> so it's wow. not too much exciting there. You know, um, you have brothers and sisters. I have uh, a complicated family history, but a few <laughs> sisters, a certain brothers, um, one has passed, but uh, 
sorry about to sneeze here. Um, but it's uh, been a really very interesting journey. So I grew up, you know, with a family that understood a popper's diet, which was a lot of plants, right? We grew our own vegetables and we had a lot of beans. I had a lot of beans. I had a good microbiome growing up. So, <laughs> you know, switching you still, to fully plant-based has no problem. And do you still like beans? I love beans. So beans, oh, <laughs> beans are a staple. But, you know, so we I understood the value of, of the, at least, you know, coupon clipping and the food that way. But uh, growing up in New Mexico, um, we didn't have health insurance. And so my mom and dad, you know, really struggled to put food on the table, much less pay for insurance and jobs were scarce. And there was a lot of moving around. And my sister was six years younger than me, got really ill. And when she was little, she would have recurring fevers. And we were told by the local primary care doctor that it was normal for a two-year-old to have 102 fevers and urinary tract infections recurring. And my parents, not knowing any better, just trusted the medical professionals. And she continued to decline in her health until we were finally actually referred uh, to a small town urologist in Clovis, New Mexico, <laughs> if you even know where that is. And she had surgery and she had had, a, she had been born with between the kidney and the bladder, there's a ureter and it was kinked, so to speak. And she kept having infections because of that back, you know, kind of, you, you couldn't fully discharge all the urine into the bladder. And so she would get recurring infections. But anyway, she went from this four-year-old when she had the surgery, who was very ill and sickly to a really pain in the neck, little sister. I was like running around, getting into my stuff. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Not it was cool. She's getting my stuff. But it was really cool to see a doctor who did this surgery. I remember being in the hospital thinking this is the coolest place ever because this is where my sister got well. And I was like, I want to do that. And that's how it started. And I just want to pause for a sec. And isn't it remarkable sometimes how you can have an experience like that and it totally influences <laughs> kind of mm -hmm. the direction of your, of your life. Absolutely. Very, very powerful. Okay. So go <laughs> Absolutely. Ahead. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, so then I, I've made it my mission <laughs> to do well in school. I graduated valedictorian of high school, um, you know, the nerdy doc type kid <laughs> and went on to college at the university of Portland where I met my, oh, now, my now, husband. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you. I'm not going to yeah. let you kind of recite it all. So we're yeah. going to get, we're going to get some color in here. Oh, Lord. So you're, you were the <laughs> You're the valedictorian, but is that because you just worked really hard. Was it because, oh, it, came, yeah. was it because it came easy to you? Were you like, are you like, do you have a telegram, uh, uh, photogenic, photogenic memory or something like that? Oh, if only I could have a photogenic, I could tell you medical school has some interesting stories I can get into about how I use cartoons to make it through medical. Oh, school. I know about that. You wrote, oh. <laughs> you wrote six different books. <laughs> Six in mnemonics and one in uh in the seventh one was uh visual well it's basically using clinical procedures. But no, I I had no talent or special skill. I'm very thick skulled, slow learner, just yeah. a hard worker, understood the value that the more I put in, the more I got out. So this kind of was, you know, that was a parent's work ethic just beat into me. <laughs> so so valedictorian. And then where do you go yeah. after, after high school? I decided I didn't like the deserts. <laughs> no offense, New Mexico. You got amazing sunsets, <laughs> but I was like, I'm off to the trees. And so I went up to the Northwest to university of Portland. And that's where I met my husband when I was 19, my first boyfriend. Wow. 
Wow. We've been married almost 30 years and um, God bless his soul. He dealt a lot with me. <laughs> so um, I went ahead and I finished. I couldn't afford more than four years. So I squished it all together in three and a half. And I stayed home for six years and had three babies. Um, such blessings, uh, Emily, Jonathan, and Gabriel. And then I went back to medical school um, when I was 28. And then I got my MD, MBA. Um, I had a whole lot of stuff going on. My grandmother lived with us for eight years. Uh, during my third year of medical school, she had breast cancer and a stroke. So I was overwhelmed with why, the amount why, of information. Why, why was she living with you and, and um, not somebody else, just the way it happened? Um, you know, there's that one person that you can, that always kind of steps up and wants to help and says, come, come. <laughs> you decided I, to step up and do that. Yeah, we had to because, uh, yeah, she had left a really, um, a very difficult situation with her marriage and he, he was not, it was physically violent. And so there's, there's a lot of messed up history. This family, I love them, but oh boy. <laughs> well, um, it's yeah, it's not unique. It's, 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 it's everywhere. It's, it's, no, absolutely. And so um, I learned the value of of finding people that you love and holding on to them tightly and really appreciating them. Um, and my grandmother was that person for me. And so when I grew up, my grandmother was my person. My stepdad wasn't a kind human. And so when I needed someone, she was the one that was always there. And she really encouraged me to like, if you want to be a doctor, you will do it. Was this your mother's mother or your father's? Yes. There's my mother's mother. My mother was an only child. And so um, we took her in when things got really bad. And um, I was, it was such a blessing. I mean, when I remember <laughs> when she had a, when she had the breast cancer and she was going through chemo, I, she, she was fully white hair, at 40. Uh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of those genetics. And, uh, you know, I was just, it killed her. She just losing this gorgeous thick mane of hair, kind of like your dad's, you know? And I just, it, one night at midnight, she goes, Lori, could you just please shave my head? And we both cried at midnight while I'm shaving her head and all her hair is just falling to the ground. But those are the moments, you know, that just, they stick to me. She has since passed. Um, but my children had an opportunity to live with their grandmother. My in-laws actually lived with us too for six years. I had a cousin live with us. So, you know, we're just kind of multi-generational. Come on, stay. We've had my daughter's friend live with us for three or four months. <laughs> So, you know, the more the merrier, we feed them plants and, um, great attitude. Yeah. yeah. Now, now where'd you go to medical school? I went to medical school at Texas tech guns up Ooh. and, uh, yeah, guns up red Raiders. And, um, when I was in medical school, I, you know, like I said, I had a lot of stuff going on. My husband was active duty air force at the time. He was driving hundred miles one way to work 100 miles back, um, every day. God bless him. And so I was like, they send you, you know, this was back in the early, the late nineties. And they send me this stack of papers for pharmacology one day. And I'm like, Oh, is this all it for the whole semester? Like, Oh no, that's just two weeks. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so I was like, well, this will be fun. And I'd always loved to draw. So I started drawing cartoons as mnemonics. So for example, I would draw a Pepsi bottle as peptidoglycans. It's a, a drug class. And then I would draw like van, a little van for vancomycin, which was the particular drug. And I would color it red for the flushing syndrome. And it'd be driving over these little mean looking sugars because it does something to a mean sugars. Nice. Anyway, so a lot of my classmates started using them and 
before you know it, we're publishing books with Blackwell Publishing. I think Lippincott, I don't even think they're out in pulpit. They're not even in publication anymore. But I had a patient last week who I see regularly. I take care of her little one who's a type 1 diabetic. And she holds up one of these books. Now, these things were published almost 20 years ago. <laughs> she's like, she's like, what I got, Dr. Moore? I was like, oh, my goodness. Where did you get that? She goes, I don't know. But I saw that. I heard you talk about that. And I just had to get one. I was cracking up. I'd never had anyone... <laughs> do that before, but uh, what a joy. Um, anyway, I literally tell people, you know, I can take it for what it's worth, but I made it through medical school drawing cartoons. So I'm not sure if you want to trust me or not, but I'll do my best. <laughs> so you made it through medical school, not only drawing cartoons, but also being a mother. And how many kids did you have when you were going through medical school? Uh, they were, they were five, three and 10 months. So oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. What? Emily and Emily and I started medical school in kindergarten the same day. I cried. She was all excited, but she's my doctor. Emily's also my doctor. So um, she's the wow. doctor in the field. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> so did you all move to uh, Texas Tech when you were going to medical yep. school? Yeah. Yep, yep. So I lived in Lubbock. My husband was stationed in Clovis, New Mexico at Cannon Air Force Base. So that's 100 miles away. And then he he would drive 100 miles for two years. He did that. He drove a 200-mile round trip. So I could pursue my dream of being a physician. Um there's not many people in the world that would do that type of sacrifices. So I've been really, really blessed. I, I Lord. am so thankful every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So tell me, tell me this. You also, when you were at Texas Tech, I read that you got the Golden Headed Cane Award. What? Yeah, I, I, my husband got it framed for me. It's hanging up here. Um, well, there's a there's an award that they and they don't tell you about it until the day you graduate, which is really exciting because then they want you to give a little speech. You're like, oh, OK, there's a thousand people here. Um, it's an award that basically um, they say exemplifies the care and, you know, compassion of a physician. Um, and so, you know, being a mom, it makes it a little bit easier to have a little compassion. And, you know, I was one of the two moms in my class, my medical school class with kids. And so. It was uh, it was such an honor to to be voted that by faculty and the students. I, I was truly honored. Is uh, and that and that award goes out to one 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 person one person. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you are very very humble. Way to go. That's all. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you graduate, and then what do you do? Oh, I graduate. Then I go off to, well, I stayed in Lubbock uh, to do residency, a family medicine residency, which was an incredible educational experience. We were so busy and I absolutely loved it. Um, I fell in love with the, my patients and it was just a wonderful time. But then I went off <laughs> to active duty Air Force at Langley Air Force Base in Virginia and uh, got deployed a few times and Got who's to watching see some, the kids? Who's watching the kids? Uh, my poor husband and my in-laws at that point. Not so your they, your grandmother wasn't. No, alive. she no. had passed uh, the year that I I I uh, moved to Virginia. She um, had uh, cancer. Well, we think it was another type of cancer in her colon and and died in after surgery. Um, but my in-laws moved in with us when we moved off to Virginia, and so my husband's Filipino. So. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And, you know, the really fun thing about uh, having my in-laws with me and a different culture is all the fun, like stories and the interviews. My father-in-law eventually passed in 2011. So this was in 2006 to 2011 of lung cancer. And just, you know, he, he was there, he took help to take care of his uncle who was in the Baton death March and 
we I videoed him a few months before he passed telling his life story. It was just an incredible, amazing experience and journey. So um, just, just amazing. So, yeah, you, you go into family medicine, right? Yes. Family medicine. And, and, um, you love family medicine. I do, you know, the joy, when you go into medicine, remember I was the healing process. It's the whole healing journey, helping people feel better and taking care of multiple generations. I was actually one of doing pediatrics because I loved kids so much, but when my grandmother had breast cancer, during medical school, the family medicine rotation that I was in, they really stepped up and they gave me such support. I was like, wow, this is really what I want to do. And family medicine has been such a joy since then. The interesting thing is as you learn to practice real medicine and, you know, the reality (laughs) of the standard American system, because it's no different in the air force. I mean, I had sick people. I had people with diabetes. I had oh, people who were overweight. I, except we had to discharge those who had certain, you know, qual- you know, disqualified them to be active services. You have to be ready to go at a moment's notice overseas, wherever they call you. And it was really disheartening to see, you know, you're just writing prescriptions after prescriptions and drug after drug and people aren't getting better and they're still suffering, right? The suffering is still there. So I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up for the healing part. This is more suffering. <laughs> and that really just started to weigh on me. I think maybe in the beginning unconsciously, um, but then also just the, the limitations of what I could do and with these medicines and just procedures. And it was just a, a tad bit frustrating. So, and, and the, Air Force is, I have some incredible friends from the Air Force. I had some amazing experiences. I was in the Middle East. I was in South America, really serving uh, those who needed it. But I, the the politics of medicine were just as strong there as anywhere else. And I tend to be a little bit of a, got to do my own thing. And so I chose to get out and then we moved to Colorado. But um, yeah, I was, I was really, I learned, I, a lot with the, like the politics of medicine, the limitations of what you can do is just a standard approach to someone who's ill. And I think that left me open to be ready for the experience of switching to a plant-based diet. For your next chapter. And so who who introduced you to plant-based medicine? How did that evolution begin? Well, yeah. So the, (laughs) <laughs> There's a fun story. Um, I was actually in Rifle, Colorado. Okay, so we went from Langley Air Force Base to Rifle, Colorado. It's in the little town on the Western Slope. Um, whenever I see your dad, he's like, Lori from Rifle. I'm like, yes, Lori from Rifle. And because um, I actually met your dad not too far from there in 2013. It was, we had, it was a lovely time. Um, but anyway, I was in, it was back in 2012. I had a patient. I had been there a couple of years in this little rural town of about 10,000 people named after a gun because I found <laughs> a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can't really Okay, so there's steakhouses, there's ranchers, hardworking, blue-collar people. These are my people. I grew up with these people. They're amazing people, hardworking, and you just, it's a critical access hospital, so we were very busy, and uh, so we did inpatient, outpatient, nursing home, you name it, we did it, and, uh, but I had this patient come in one day. She's like, Dr. Marbus, meat and dairy upset my stomach. I was like, okay, stop eating meat and dairy, (laughs) and she's like, 
okay. <laughs> it's like, I knew intuitively that would leave her other foods, but it didn't dawn on me that that was strictly plants. Like it just, I'm a little dense sometimes, a little slow to come around, but I will eventually. And what was interesting, she came back in 30 days and I had made notations in my notes. She'll be back in 30 days. We'll discuss it and maybe kind of add foods back in thinking more of like an elimination type diet, but she brought her 16 year old daughter to her appointment. Okay. So now I'm thinking to myself, what did this 16 year old do to deserve to be pulled out of school and come to her mother's doctor's appointment? Wow. I was like, Oh, we, and, uh, I bet I don't even know where you're going, but I bet you it's because she also saw some kind of. Oh, oh, yes, she did. And what was funny, though, is her mom goes, now you tell Dr. Marbus what you did. I was like, ooh, I'm thinking I'm going to have an STD type of talk or something. I'm like, no, I'm thinking that that's where my mother mind goes. And uh, she's, well, Dr. Marbus, I wanted to help my mom. So I, we cooked, we, you know, in rifle, you have to go buy your food and cook it home. Cause there's no plants available at the regular restaurants, at least, you know, things that you want to eat regularly. And so she cooked, you know, fruits and vegetables, beans and whole grains with her mom. And she goes, I felt so good. I stopped both my ADD meds. I was like, you did what? <laughs> and she goes, I feel amazing. I stopped both my ADD meds. I don't need them. I'm like, <laughs> And her mom's like, yeah, why was she able to do that? Now, her mom wasn't upset, but she was like a tad bit frustrated that her daughter had been on these medications with potential serious side effects. And nobody had bothered to say, oh, just eat some plants. You'll be fine. And her mom's like, yeah, why was she able to do that? And I said, I don't know, but that's the most awesome thing I've ever heard. What were you eating? (laughs) And she's like, oh, my goodness. We were eating what you said. It's anything but, you know, meat and dairy. It's like, so you're eating, we talked about all their foods they were preparing and it was all fruits and vegetables and beans and whole grains and lots of yummy foods. And I was like, wow. So the moment they left, I literally got on the computer, I Googled plant-based diet, ADD, China study popped right up, Amazon, that guy right over, read it in two days, convinced, went plant-based. Pretty much, I was in my mind going, going plant-based, but I wanted to try it one more patient because I was trying to wrap my brain around this whole situation. But I was sitting there reading this thick book, which was an incredible book. And my, I was like, my husband would walk by. I was like, look, they could turn off cancer with plants. And he's like, okay. Like, do you not understand what this means? And um, so what happened was two weeks later, I had a lupus patient come in on a multiple load, multiple medications. And, And when you're in rural Colorado, there's not even a pediatric ICU on the entire Western slope. Okay. And there's the Rocky mountains, which I know you're familiar with. There's some, these are some serious mountains and you don't just, you know, go see a specialist without really planning a multiple day trip and, or at least an all day trip. And if it's in the winter, you're definitely multiple day trip. So when you have patients, you get patients, you're managing some pretty severe illness. And this patient had 12 medications, including methotrexate, which is a very strong immune suppressant, a chemo type drug, a high doses of prednisone, 50 pounds overweight. And she's telling me all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, and this is within a week or so of seeing the last patient. I was like, oh yeah, this is the one. (laughs) So while she's telling me this, I'm going, how am I going to tell her I want her to eat plants? (laughs) And uh, she's telling me how she can't even sure she can walk or keep working. She's having migraines five days a week. She's just hurting. And she's done telling me this and like expecting me to give her some new drug treatment. I'm sure I said, you know, um, I don't think there's many drugs left we can provide you, but how about we change what's on the end of your fork? And she's like, (laughs) 
And I said, you know, I think if we change what you're eating, I've been reading about this plant-based diet and the properties, the anti-inflammatory properties. I really kind of pushed that side of it. Let's see what happens. And she's like, okay, I'll try anything. God bless her. She is an amazing person. And I, we, we measured a CRP before she left, which is an inflammatory of the marker three times high normal. Two weeks later, I said, you got to come back in 14 days. I can't have you come back longer. I'm too excited about this. She came back. Wow. Her CRP had dropped to just uh, outside of normal, like 0.1. And she had lost eight pounds. Her migraines were gone. And fast forward uh, five months, 50 pounds lighter off of seven to 12 meds, including steroids, including the methotrexate. Anyway, that two week point when she came back, I went home overnight cleaned everything out of the house to a 13, 15 and 18 year old. And my, my poor husband and my husband's like, wait a minute. I was like, are you still cooking? He, he, I said, yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> like, that was it. He went on to lose 70 pounds. He had Your gained, husband did. My husband, he was thin when we got married, but then he, over the years, you know, life happens. I didn't have a weight issue, but he liked to he liked yeah. to snack on things on the way back between work and back. But um, what was interesting, the kids, you know, I'd raise them. Listen, I'm not a short order cook. You get what you got. You'll eat that. You'll be hungry the next day if you don't eat. I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll be all right. It, it served them well. And uh, they, I allowed them to give me like thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, if the food was bad, because I took it as a challenge. I said, oh, I will make you go back for seconds. Just wait. And anyway, so I cleaned out the whole house overnight, stayed up till one in the morning, trying to figure out what to do. That was a Friday. I had a quarter of a grass-fed beef in my refrigerator or my freezer, excuse me, in the garage. I had no idea what to do with this. You just don't put it out because there are wild animals that will eat you in Colorado. <laughs> so you're like, you don't want to track these things. So I was trying to figure out in my brain what to do with these things. So I wasn't going to give it to a human. <laughs> and what happened on Sunday, we went to church, we came back and we opened the garage door and the freezer had broke and there was all these Hmm. the juices and the smell of rotting carcass uh, filled the garage. And my husband's like, eh, Lori, if you hadn't been with me, I'd have sworn you unplugged. I was like, uh-uh, that is, that is the big man upstairs saying we are done. And I haven't eaten meat since <laughs> it's been 10 years. Wow. And that's the story of the plant-based diet in the Marbus family. As you can hear, Dr. Marbus has seen some radical health improvements from her patients and we here at Plant Strong have witnessed the same. In fact, here's a recent podcast review from a Plant Strong listener. This podcast helped me lose 21 pounds, treat my blood pressure, neck pain, back pain, GERD, decreased my heart disease and cancer risk, kept me motivated to exercise, and has kept me on track for my whole food plant-based diet. Now, I don't have to take a ton of medicine and this podcast also informed me that there is a specialty called lifestyle medicine. Five stars. <laughs> Thank you. Love getting those five-star reviews and those wonderful comments. Thank you. It means a lot to know that this podcast and the guests that I am having on the show are changing lives. We'd love those five-star reviews to continue. So if you love what you hear, please rate, share, and follow us on your favorite podcast apps. Now, speaking of lifestyle medicine, let's get back to the incomparable Dr. Lori Marvis. What, what you've done and where you are right now with yeah. your, your plant-based telemedicine 
Um, how long have you had that? How's it going? And um, tell me a little bit about that technology and, and how it's working for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I would definitely need to say this was Anthony Masiello's uh, brilliant idea. I <laughs> About, goodness, this was a, almost five years ago now. I kind of had an opportunity. I I was working <clears throat> as a medical director for an where someone would come and stay weeks with you. And we transitioned to a plant-based diet, had amazing results, but that clinic closed when the funding dried up with the investors pulled out. So I had a friend say, you should do telemedicine. And so I started doing telemedicine thinking this was just a short-term gig till the next brick and mortar type thing. And uh, what I was finding was that patients were calling in for these acute illnesses. Oh, I've got a cold, I've got this. And, but I would see their past medical history and go, oh, they have diabetes. And once you do this as a physician and you see the healing that occurs, there is no way you cannot share this message, even if it's as brief as two minutes. I was like, hey, I see you have diabetes. I know you call for you, Chay. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about your diabetes. <laughs> have you ever heard of these things called plants? <laughs> and I would have my little, I call it, I tell, I think we have to be better advertisers than the McDonald's down the street. I have to sell you on the idea that there's a better future for you. There is joy. There is less pain. There is less medications. There's healing. If you just would maybe take this journey with me. And so I had this spiel down. It's like my 90 second elevators pitch. And I was having amazing results. And I was having the C-suite of this very large telemedicine company come to me and like, Marvis, um, we're seeing some really interesting things. You're kind of a skewing the lab results here. We're looking for some marketing data. And we're seeing A1Cs drop from 11 to six in three months. Because what are you doing? Are they working with another doctor? What meds? I'm like, no, I'm just feeding them plants. And they're like, no, really? What are you doing? I'm like, no, I'm really feeding them plants. <laughs> and so I was telling Anthony, who's a good friend of mine, who lost 160 pounds on a plant-based diet 15 years ago and has kept it off. And he's like, Lori, we should start our own telemedicine company. He's like, he's not a physician. I was like, are you insane? <laughs> I'm like, I know. I was invited to go to company meetings with this company. And, uh, I was, I was seeing their, they were very transparent. They're in the red, um, the, the forecasting, how difficult it is to get the doctors, the licensing and each day I'm licensed in all 50 States myself and DC. That is no easy feat. Before you go on. Cause I, I went through that site and I saw that you are licensed yeah. in every state. I think you're the only physician that's licensed in yeah. states. How, yeah. What's that process like? Um, <laughs> that's a multi-year process and a very expensive and administratively heavy burdensome process. So each state governs how medicine is run in their state. So I already had Colorado. I had picked up Texas and a few other ones doing the other telemedicine, but in the last three years, I picked up the remaining <laughs> up to 50 plus DC. So it's 51 licenses. Each one, you have to be fingerprinted. So I've been fingerprinted more than any other criminal in the United States. So I will never be able to go rob a bank. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, then you're having to send records for medical schools. And then you have to send your board certifications and all these different things to each state. Now there is a um, interstate compact where they're working, where you can already live in kind of more one of the rural states like Colorado and get multiple states at once, which was very helpful. And there's been more and more states being added to that, um, but the majority are not part of that. And so that it's anywhere between $75 to a couple of thousand of dollars to do that. But as the co-founder, 
I, we need to get to every state as quickly as possible. I don't want to be the every state doctor. <laughs> I want my other doctors. I have nine doctors total, including me, including the amazing Dr. Clapper. And I want these guys, and we're going to be adding more doctors and multiple licenses, and I'll be pulling back and running more of the company. We're building an incredible network of physicians who work together about patients and the brain trust here. Wow. Is incredible. I mean, we have a doctor who was a previous rocket scientist who worked on the space shuttle who now wow. works with us. <laughs> the which, amount of which this is Nikki, is this is Dr. Nikki Davis. She's incredible. I've got Dr. Chris Miller, who has her own lupus recovery story. He was an ER doctor, internal medicine, integrative medicine. I've got doctors who speak Spanish, speak French, who do sign language. Wow. It's so fun to talk to these people. I'm like, wow. uh, And did you hire most of these people? (laughs) All eight of them. um, We contracted them. Yeah. So there are plant-based docs. We're, we're, we're growing our network and we have monthly meetings. We do live webinars. We answer questions. Um, Anyway, we launched uh, March of last year, (laughs) right when COVID was uh, actually perfect time. Perfect. It was, it took us a year to plan. I mean, we had to, there was a lot of logistics. We have a, and EHR that's, you know, HIPAA compliant. We use Zoom technology with it. We can order meds, order labs. We see patients internationally as well. Um, we can't, of course, order meds or labs, but we can give some advice. But our patients in the United States, I mean, I have patients from the interior of Alaska, Delaware, South Dakota, <laughs> you name it, Hawaii, random places. They're like, you are the only person I can speak to in this entire state. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm here. <laughs> And, uh, but you know, it's been the blessing. It's been really fun to see, but we launched, um, March then, you know, it was a, such a silver lining for us for COVID. Not that I would want a, another pandemic, but, um, if you're going to launch a telemedicine company promoting health, well, that kind of worked out well for us. We were having, you know, my worry was the perceived difficulty of taking care of someone with telemedicine, but the pandemic literally just obliterated that concern. So patients were looking for it. Physicians were looking for it. And here we were, we're like, come eat some plants and get better and decrease your risk of, you know, when you contract uh, COVID of being really ill or even contracting it all together. And so we were very, very lucky um, to have that opportunity to, to have some extra push um, as we became successful. So we'll be two in March and, um, we are growing. We actually closed on our first round of investors today. Mm. Wow. And um, for people to reach out to you and want, and we, we did not seek it. We had to turn people away who were like, here, we want to give you money because we believe in your message. We're seeing, we have thousands of patients. Um, there is nowhere in the world that I am aware of that there is a database of all the information and trends that we're seeing with the plant-based patients. I mean, it's just absolutely astounding what we've amassed. So what you've got going on, as far as you know, there's nothing else quite like it. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. And I, we do a lot of market research. And um, what I love about it is, can't even tell you how many people ask me, you know, mm-hmm. where can I go to see a plant-based physician? I'm like, oh, let's see, let's go online and maybe go to what plant, uh, plantbaseddocs.com and maybe it'll give you a listing in your area, your zip code. Mm. And I don't know if that ever really works. So I love the fact that this is a resource. As you said, I think that people are very much open-minded now and very much, you know, Zoom competent <laughs> that they feel like 
telemedicine, Zoom telemedicine. Mm -hmm. You can connect with the doctor. They may not be able to put their hands on you, but I'm sure that you can do probably what 80% of what you know you, you could do um, as if somebody was there with you. Was that accurate? Yeah, hundred percent. I think the three years that I was doing telemedicine prior to launching this really gave me the confidence to know what to do, what to say. And then those docs who join us, I'm very comfortable teaching them what to say, what to do. We have templates. Um, I have, we have over a hundred handouts. I'm creating more handouts as we go along about, you know, I've seen questions. So we have amazing amount of resources. And of course we build those relationships with people like yourselves who have an amazing audience who are willing to share our message and refer patients to us. Um, we work very closely with Chef AJ. We have, you know, Cyrus and Robbie from Mashing Diabetes. They've been sending me patients even before we launched. And we've just been so lucky to have an amazing network of friends who are willing and trust us with the care of the people that, that care for them. And what is the URL? The URL, plantbasedtelehealth.com can't get much easier than that. And, and, and it's really cool. I spent about 15 minutes on it actually this morning. And then you can see all the doctors. If you want to schedule an appointment, you put, you know, what States you're in, if you have Medicare or not, Oh yeah, that's another story, another story, I'm sure. (laughs) And then it pulls up the the different physicians that, you know, you can choose from in your state and, and all that. Mm -hmm. And you show up every time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Every time. <laughs> and the wait time for you is usually four to six weeks because yeah, it's, you are yep. ubiquitous. <laughs> yep. I'm booking into late February <clears throat> and uh, trust me, I don't want to be half that be that way, but I'm working as hard as I can. Um, but we really we're working on bringing on a few more docs and my docs are getting more licenses as, as we speak. And so that, that burden of wait time should decrease as they'll have availability for other physicians. But Unfortunately, America has made it very difficult for physicians, um, for patients to have access to certain doctors with certain knowledge that may not be in the same locality or state. So it's a it's an interesting place to to try to navigate, but we've done our best. And I, I feel like yeah, we were very lucky to be somewhat naive when we started this whole thing, because I think if we'd understood all the obstacles that we had to overcome, we had to walked away and said, oh, that was a close one. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? That is always the case. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> thank goodness for ignorance. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I, I also noticed you do 30-minute and 60-minute appointments. Yeah, right. And, they're, and they're, to me, they're very, very reasonably priced. 150 for 30, 300 yeah. for an hour. Uh, yeah. I think that's, I mean, in the medical world, that seems extremely, extremely affordable. We have tried really hard. And honestly, we, we even tried played around with as low a price as possible. We lean run a very lean company. We, we have been profitable since day one and it's a little, very slim profit, but um, there's two objectives here that we wanted to meet. One, we want to make it accessible for as many people as possible. We have not jumped the hurdle yet of accepting insurance, Um, there's entire, most practices have an entire department to run their billing department. And it was just me and Anthony, we bootstrapped this sucker together. (laughs) So it just took a little, the brain, uh, the amount of the bandwidth was a little bit much just to get started, but we're hoping to bring in insurance as as quickly as possible to make it even more affordable, but we wanted to make it affordable for patients most as we can. And then we wanted to be able to 
you know, pay our doctors that they could actually make as much or more than a brick and mortar job. The last thing I want is a doctor who is passionate about literally caring for these patients and, you know, spreading this amazing message of a plant-based diet and the healing properties that come with it and not be able to really move forward and do this as an entire practice as their career, because that is the best thing to lead to burnout when you're trying to do your regular job and then you're trying to do your, your passion and side hustle in the evenings or weekends, you're taking away from your family, which is completely opposite of the message. We tell everybody's, you know, that community time with your family relationships, we wanted to be able to have them have a place for them that they and want to enjoy working with the people that they're surrounding, but it's, it's convenient for them. And they're able to make a living as a physician doing this, you know, cause going to medical school and resident, it's, it ain't cheap. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's a big burden there. And I don't think people quite understand most medical students walk away with about a quarter million of debt, um, just finishing medical school. And that doesn't include the debt they may have had in undergrad. So this is, it was a really big thing for me as like, listen, I have to take good care of my doctors. If I take good care of my doctors, they will take good care of my patients this is how it works. <laughs> Invest in your people and they will do everything they can to make sure that the customer and the patient are well taken care of. That's it's a mantra I've seen that I just can't not live by. Love that philosophy that you're taking care of these physicians. So you've got nine right now. Um, are they, are they working as hard as they want to? Yeah. So, you know, some of them want to do 10 patients weeks, others would like to see more 60 plus, and some of them are doing that. Um, it's a, just a really growing opportunity. So our next phase, you know, the first phase was just getting started, kind of learning the hurdles, the technology, you know, we switched EHRs about a year ago because the first one was too cumbersome. And this one is a much more nimble EHR. Um, so, you know, that there's that part of it, the website, then we have the marketing aspect of it. So now that we have more funding, uh, the marketing will be definitely ramping up and we have a few opportunities. We're going to be doing part of a, a study, a two-year study, working with an insurance company in California uh, mm-hmm. starting in February. So that's really exciting. And we're doing everything we can to, you know, get the word out that we exist and bring on more doctors as the demand increases. Wow. Um, Do you find right now that are most patients coming to you because they they're interested in plant-based and they want to see you, or are they being referred to you guys? Like they've been told to see you from somebody else. Um, We have a wide spectrum actually. So I would say we have the, healthy whole food plant-based eater who just wants to make sure that everything nutritionally is sound, right? So we can look and do some labs. I have a certain, I put together a template of my, I call it my plant-based eater template <laughs> of labs. We check for certain nutrients status and we adjust things accordingly. What, what are those? What are some? Yeah. Of so like of check? course, you know, you get your basics, right? So you have your CMP. So this is your liver, kidney, make sure you're not anemic, a CBC. We do your a lipid panel. If I have someone who has a history of heart disease, a high cholesterol, hypertension, we'll do a more advanced lipid panel where we're looking at the size of the LDL, their inflammatory markers. We look at their LP little a, all of those things. And then <clears throat> we do other things like zinc. Uh, we have magnesium, selenium, 
iodine. That's a 24 hour urine test. That's always a real fun one. We check an A1C many times. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Stop for a sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 24 hour iodine. <laughs> 24, 24 hour iodine. What does that mean? I don't know. What so that means. this means uh, when you check for iodine, the blood iodine is not very accurate. So, you know, iodine is really important for thyroid function. So I've been hypothyroid for 25 years since the birth of baby number two. And when I switched to the plant-based diet, my thyroid actually improved not completely resolved, but it's my, I had to decrease my medications. And so the iodine is really interesting. We've had some very strict S what we call the SOS eaters, right? They're no salt, oil, sugar, which is fine, but many places that many patients will get their iodine from iodized salt, right? So that was kind of enacted by the world health organization back in the mid nineties, because goiter, if you don't have enough iodine, your thyroid can't make its thyroid hormone, you'll develop a goiter. And so that all decreased dramatically when they iodize the salt. But now we have patients who are making mindful choices not to consume high sodium foods, which, well, that's table salt. <laughs> and we'll see, I've had patients come in, they're eating this really healthy plant-based diet. They're told by their doctor, or they, they had thyroid issues, or they're developing symptoms of hypothyroidism. We check it. Sure enough, they collect a 24-hour urine iodine, meaning they get a little jug from the lab. They get to collect their pee for 24 hours, and then they get to turn it in, and we see how much iodine is actually in their system. And honestly, once we correct that, the thyroid many times will heal itself if it's a very you know more recent case, and it's not an autoimmune type of thyroiditis. But yeah, there's that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for that explanation. Yeah. Zinc, selenium, and then we do um, about, you know, checking for diabetes, things like that. Yep. Anything with uh, omega threes? Yep, I do an omega check as well, and that's been interesting. Um, not everyone is low, but a, a many are low, and there's not really a what we call a recommended daily intake or RDI um, as far as the omegas, but there's certain what we call you should be taking how much you should be taking. And um, it's not uncommon that I'll see patients who are a, a bit low, so they can increase certain foods like flaxseed, chia seeds, walnuts, things like that. But we only turn a little small amount of that short chain omega to those long chain preformed, or we can, they can supplement. And what's interesting, I've had a few patients. So I've seen enough patients over the years, regularly, thousands and thousands at this point, um, just a handful that when switched to a plant-based diet, they started developing um, some joint discomfort in their hands, their small joints. And once I put them back on some walnuts, I have them supplement with a small amount of the long chain preformed uh, megas uh, that every single one has resolved. Um, and I'll put them on, you know, ground flax. So that was really interesting. So I think there's certain people who just don't convert that very well if yeah. they don't have a large enough intake. So, yeah, so there's those little tweaks that we can ask someone who feels good to make them feel even better. But then we actually have, you know, most of my patients are diabetics. I have type ones. We have type one and a half. These are ones who have later onset autoimmune diabetes. I put, try to get every single one of my diabetics on a continuous glucose monitor. So I can monitor their blood sugars 24 seven and not that I'm looking at their blood sugars, 24/7, but I can, you know, they can message me over the weekend. Hey, Dr. Marbus, I'm seeing this happen. Can you tell me what to do? Cause as you switch to this diet, diabetes improves so dramatically so quickly, I need to be in close contact with you so we can de-prescribe your medications. Um, many times I will take someone's insulin if they're a type two insulin dependent diabetic and cut it in half the very first day. Wow. And yeah. I had to learn that lesson with that's the patient. What, that's what we do at our six and seven day medical retreats. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't absolutely. say we, I, I don't, but Dr. Clapper or whoever our medical director. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's really important that you do that because there can be some really serious consequences to those low blood sugars and low blood pressures. So, but then we have folks who are referred to us who are, you know, plant curious, those who are trying plant-based diet, struggling, um, those I have uh, actually many uh, who are coming in with a plant-based diet who had definitely some improvement in the cholesterol, but maybe not the cholesterol where they'd like it. And so we look at what they're doing and we tweak some things and get some more improvement. There's some other things do you, you have can them. Do. Keep, you have them keep like a food log so you can yes. see. Yes. Yeah. We have a food diary that we have them fill out before we see them. We have a very extensive, what we call a lifestyle medicine questionnaire. We're asking And, you know, how are you sleeping? How's your relationships? What are your stressors? Are you exercising? Are you smoking? Are you alcohol? What are you eating? And um, people have really been very thoughtful when they fill those things out. And it's been very helpful. So it makes that half hour appointment very productive. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. (laughs) This is, this is so exciting to me. Um, The leap of faith that you took with Anthony, however many years ago, you know, where you are now with this at your second birthday, just around the, the corner. Yeah. Um, and, and you just have a lot of blue skies in front of you. It's, it's very exciting and you're doing such great work and helping people. I mean, man, um, I am so happy and proud of what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's been a true blessing to be a part of this community. Honestly, um, anytime I go to like plant stock, or if I go to, you know, Plantrition project or the ACLM conferences, my husband's like, Oh, you're going to go plug in back to the mothership. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going back to my, my, I'm going back to the other aliens. We're getting recharged for the next year. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of plugging in, I mean, are you still the managing editor uh, for the Plantation <laughs> Project International Journal of Disease Reversal and Prevention. The IJDRP. Yeah. No, I left a, about a year ago. I turned it over to a very capable young woman. That was a really fun project. I was on the phone with Scott Stoll and yeah. one other individual. And they're like, Lori, we think you should help us develop the first plant-based medical journal. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I was like, have you guys ever started a medical journal? And then he's like, no, but we know you can. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I literally, that it was started with post-it notes on my hallway because that's the biggest blank wall I had and just put it all together. I reached out to some amazing friends. We got some incredible peer reviewers. Uh, then we were lucky to bring on, you know, the incredible and most adored Dr. Kim Williams. Yeah. I just appreciate so much. And I've learned a ton. I was there from 2017 till last year. Or so, but you know, we, yeah, it was really fun. It was really nerve wracking. The first time we launched our first journal, it was well received and it's still going well. I, I still get emails from folks and uh, it's, it's been really good. I'm, I'm so proud of them. Yeah. Well, again, I'm going to come back to just how spectacular I think it is what you're doing. I actually had, I had Dr. Dean Ornish on the podcast just recently, and I said, Dean, you know, here we are, it's 2021, our annual healthcare bill this year is going to be like $3.6 trillion, which is $10,600 per person, which it's, we're paying more than any other country on the planet. And he said, no, Rip, it's not 3.6, it's 3.8 trillion. And, and then the fact that of that and you know this, but of that $3.8 trillion, 85% of that is comprised of all these chronic Western diseases that we know are either preventable or reversible by the prescription that 
you are basically giving your patients, which is whole food plant-based. Yeah. And, and the fact that of that $3.8 trillion, not even 3% is devoted mm-hmm. to prevention. Mm-hmm. It is ludicrous. It's like, mm-hmm. what do we got to do to turn this tanker around? I mean, how many, how many Lori Marbuses do we need? Right. And, 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 and Ornishes and Esselstyn's and McDougal's yeah. and, you know, to kind of like make a dent um, and reach that 10% tipping point. You know, that's a really interesting question. I think it needs to start, you know, like Dr. Clapper's got the moving medicine forward. It really needs to start with the messaging we're giving our young medical students. One, they're impressionable. They're passionate. They're willing to put their life on hold in their twenties to become a physician. I mean, it's, (laughs) there's a many year decade process here. If we can give them the message saying, listen, we're going to teach you the foundation of health, which is we're going to give you a healthy human and we're going to teach you how to keep them healthy. That is the foundation. What are those elements that need to partake in a person's life to maintain health as as best we can? And then we'll teach you when things go awry, what to do with medications, with procedures, with diagnostic tools. That is really the message that we need to be setting forward and just build around that. Because if you do that, then they're coming in with the same principles and the same belief systems all together, regardless of what specialty they're going to, and then patients will hear the same message. Well, what are you doing to maintain your health? Are you doing this, 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 and this? Are you sleeping? Are you eating well? Are you exercising? Are you decreasing your stress? Are you taking care of yourself? That if we could change that message from the very beginning, I feel like you'll have an army of people who are influencers in their communities, right? We have touch points. Any primary care doctor has approximately 1,500 to 2,500 patients on their panel. And in a community where that those people have families and coworkers and you know, churches and synagogues and places that they go of worship and all these other interactions, imagine the ripple effects it has, right? This is a serious contagion that can start happening. So I really feel like physicians need to step up and be the leaders to health. And I really think it can happen. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I come on podcasts and share why I have my own podcast. You know, those, those are the things and bring on other amazing doctors. I hope I can have hundreds of doctors doing, you know, what we're doing. I hope we can bring on because there's such a demand, but that really needs to start with the messaging. So we change the belief system of our doctors because we want to align our actions with our beliefs. And if we do that, I feel we'll see a very rapid change. <laughs> yes. Um, Tell me this, and then I'm going to let you go. Um, <laughs> you've got the podcast. You do all these other things in addition to, you know, kind of, are you, are you considered the CEO of? No, Anthony, Anthony is the CEO, the front desk person. Although we did hire our first uh, actual employee, Susan, who's answering our phones, which is awesome. Yeah. So I'm more of like the, probably I'd say the chief health officer, chief medical right. officer type. Yeah. So how many, how many hours, um, a week do you devote to seeing patients? Do you have a set number? <laughs> yeah. So I see patients two and a half days a week and there, of course there's hours outside of, but then there's the other things um, just building the business. So I have patient direct contact hours, I'd say close to 20 hours a week. And then the other, whatever many hours that's <laughs> left, I'm devoting to making sure more and more people learn about plant-based telehealth and the incredible work that we're, we're trying to do. Wow. Lori, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, I just, I love all the work that you're doing. I love your passion. Um, and um, 
man, I, I, I look forward to going on your podcast sometimes. I can't, no, I, I am very excited about that actually. Oh my goodness. Yes. I am the beyond tickled. Your dad was one of the very first folks I had on my podcast and mm-hmm. I'll never forget. So, cause I met him in 2013. I actually flew to Cleveland and spent the whole day with him on his one day seminars that he does. He, cause I had dinner with him, my husband and I, and your mom, they sat next to each other. <laughs> we had such a fun time anyway. Um, so I got him on the podcast and I'm sitting there and your mom is so okay. She'd, she'd, <laughs> she'd walk by and she'd make a comment. <laughs> she'd walk out and you know, your dad's telling his, his incredible story and giving the advice. And then suddenly the cuckoo clock goes off <laughs> and I don't know if they still have that cuckoo clock, but it was like, and he goes, and he's so calm because I bet you never had that happen before. I was like, <laughs> no, but I said, this is so cute. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> No, they gave that cuckoo clock to me, actually. Oh, no, you have the cuckoo clock. I have the cuckoo clock. And I am so I am so um, embarrassed to say that we were doing a move Mm -hmm. from this this little house here. That's 900 square feet where I I raised the family and we went in the move. It broke. Oh, no. It's just kind of like in pieces. And so I don't know what, what I'm going to do with that, but oh, yeah. you can send it to me. I will get it put together. It was a family heirloom. I mean, it goes oh, was back it? a long ways. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that. No, that cuckoo clock. It is one of my special memories. <laughs> yeah. I know that's the one thing I asked for, you know, when they oh. were going to be getting rid of some stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, it was an absolute delight, but yeah. So yeah, the podcast is a uh, healthy human revolution. And the whole point was there was like, we got to make our, our humans healthy. So let's, let's start a revolution. So that's how that started. So, yeah. Well, before we, before we say goodbye, um, anything else that you want to let the audience know? You know, I, I just want, I want to say thank you so much for allowing me to, you know, share our message with you. I just think of it an honor. Anytime someone invites me to hear my story and, um, number one, I think if you're out there listening and if anything interests you or intrigues you, don't be afraid. You know, it's sometimes it's okay. You just got to have a little bit of courage to take an unknown step and you just don't know what's waiting on the other side. And if you need a little help, there's Rip and other people like myself willing and waiting, just hoping that you'll take the step and invite us to join you because you don't have to do that alone. And the community is really important. So plug into whatever online community or in-person community that you can and just, you know, take that first step because honestly, you will not regret it. I have worked with, spent a decade doing plant-based medicine and nobody's had negative side effects. It's all been positive. And I, oh my goodness, I call it veggie crack. Ah. I get you to eat vegetables. I get a little dopamine hit and I'm on to my next high. It's like, we just keep this going. You eat more vegetables. I get, you get better. I get a little bit more. So that's my veggie crack. <laughs> three, three times a day. Yeah. Three times a day. <laughs> all right. Lori. Yes. Talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you. Engine two, keep it plan strong. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Marbus. To learn more, visit their website at plantbasedtelehealth.com and be sure to listen to Lori's podcast, The Healthy Human Revolution, where I'll be a guest in just a couple of weeks. We'll have all the links in our show notes at plantstrongpodcast.com. Keep it plan strong, and I'll be sure to see you next week. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. 
This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.